But what's trippy, like the movie's a good movie, it's a good horror movie, but I think the real life, the real life is weirder than the, than the movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. You can't see the whole weird life but Come down the stairs to talk. Like, yeah, right there. Say, can you hear me? probably watching the live stream right now saying how much they miss and love you guys um so they wanted to make sure that we sent their love to you guys okay so let's go ahead and let's stand up and let's do the usa confession are we ready okay here we go father we come to you in jesus name 
And in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all may be seated. I do just have a couple of announcements really quick, okay? So we've been talking lately about our new lift group. Who knows what our new lift group is? Help His Way. Help His Way. Whoever said that, thank you. Help His Way. This is a fun way for us to get the accountability that we need to take care of the body that God's given us, right? So they meet every Saturday. It's okay. Don't get mad at me when I say this, okay? Because if you come out, it's going to be worth it. Every Saturday at 7 a.m., okay? Miss Rosalinda leads that. They, you, they come in. They do a small devotional and talk about why we should take care of God's body, why it's important to take care of God's body. And then we walk around the church property. Now, it's okay because some people are more healthier than I. Some people are running around the church property. Um, I'm walking, but that's okay. One day, I'll be able to run around the church property, right? So come out. Come get some fellowship. It's a good time for you to make a friend and walk the property with them and talk. Um, it's a good time to come out and Pray over the area. Pray over God's church. Whatever you want to do, you can put your music in your ears and just talk to God while you're walking. Um, but come out and join us. It's going to be super, super excited. I mean, fun. Um, and then we also have, and just in case you don't know what LIFT stands for, it stands for Living in Faith Together so that we can hook you guys up to people that are going to help you in life, right? Because we don't want to go through life alone. We don't want to go through the things that we go through alone. We want to find people that will encourage us and help us and that we can call call upon and speak with, right? So we also have Tuesday night um, Bible study and prayer on Zoom. You don't even have to go anywhere. You get your phone out and you just join the Zoom and it's amazing. Miss Betty and Miss Rosalinda do that and it's really fun and interesting. They normally go over the sermon that happened that Sunday morning. So for me, when I get on there, it's really nice because it's a whole different perspective of what they got from the sermon versus what I got. And there's a lot of conversation. And at the end, there's a chance for you to say, hey, I'm going through this. Can you guys pray for me or give me some advice of how I can conquer this? So Tuesday night Bible study um, on Zoom. If you want to be invited and you haven't been invited to that Zoom See me after service, and I'll make sure that Rosalinda um, gets that information so that we can send you the link. Because she sends out the uh, um, the link on Tuesdays, okay? And then, men, what's going on this Saturday? Okay, that was okay, I guess. You guys don't sound very excited about this men's meeting. Can you, can you men get a little bit more excited? What's happening on Saturday night? Or Saturday morning? The men's meeting, right? Um, so, Cletus... Brown is bringing the word, okay? You don't want to miss it. 
If you miss it on Sunday morning, I guarantee you he's going to give you the evil eye, okay? So be here. Um, bring something to eat and something to share, okay? And come enjoy the Word of God, man, okay? With that being said, what time is it? Happy time! It's happy time. Why are we happy to give? Okay? Because we love the Lord, right? We love Jesus. We love Him. He does great things for us. So I'm going to talk for a minute about Luke 6.38, okay? So while you get there, I want to talk for a second about the benefit of giving, right? And why we give. Why we sow, okay? Um, there has been a lot of things in my life that I had to believe the Lord for. Um, there has been times in my life where I'm like, Lord, how are you even going to make this happen, right? How are you even going to make anything in my life possible? I need you right now, Jesus. And pastors talk a lot about this, and it's really important in your Christian walk to get this, that when you need something, it's important to learn how to sow, whether it's $5 you're sowing on top of whatever, or a dollar, or 50 cents, whatever it is that you're sowing, God will double that. God sees your heart. He sees that condition. He sees when you when you come up here in the offering and you're like, Lord, I'm really believing, you know, my kids need shoes, and I don't know how they're going to get shoes. I don't even have the money, $20 or $10 to go buy them shoes, Lord, but I have I have 50 cents. 50 cents, Lord, and I'm going to bring it up here, and I'm just going to sow that to you, Lord, and I'm thinking that my kids' needs are going to be met. And let me tell you, God sees that, and God will take care of that. There's been so many times when I've needed something, and it just shows up just shows up whether it's just like our financial financial faith confession whether it's in the mail because i've got checks in the mail i've had a time where my husband got a bonus check a christmas bonus check and i didn't even know he was going to get it and he's like by the way i'm getting this christmas bonus check and we were believing to do something and it was just like okay lord we know we want to do this it's in our heart but how are we going to do this? How is this even going to be possible for us to do? And my husband comes home and he's like, guess what? They just told me I'm going to get a bonus check. And I was like, okay, that's great. How much is it going to be? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. And so we drive to go get his pick up his bonus check. And, you know, he peeks in and, like, doesn't want to show me, you know. Like, he just wants to see it himself and doesn't want to share it. And um, he looks at me. He's like, no way. And I was like, well, let me see it. And I snatch it out of his hand. I'm like, let me see what that is. And it was the exact amount to do what God put on our heart to do. You know, that's how God works. You know, when you plant a little bit of seed or, or you you need something, God says to give. And in Luke 6, 38, it says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will it be given back to you. Right? And when we give, God sees that heart. God sees where we're coming from. God sees our giving heart. When we see a family in need and we're able to bless them and give them something, God sees that and he's able to give it back to us, right? So it's so important that we we grasp this concept that God says to give. Don't be selfish with what you got. Don't hold on to it and be like, oh, you know, I'm just, I this you know, maybe one day I'll spend this $3 or whatever. And then God puts somebody on your heart and, and you're like, no, God, I don't want to give them nothing. Like, that's weird. That's creepy. Like, for me just to go up and say, hey, I want to bless you. You don't know what's going on in that family's life. You don't know. They may be I just need to hear from you. I just need to know you're here for me. You know, one time God told me the craziest thing to do. And it was just the most randomest thing. And I told my husband, I really feel led to, like, 
give some tickets for a family to go to an amusement park for a day and then maybe throw some money in there so that they can have food, you know, and whatever. Like a full family day for them. And for me, that was super weird because who does things like that, right? Like who does things like that? Well, this family had never been able to do anything like that. So we were able to do that. We were able to bless them. We were able to sow into them, you know. And the family comes back and they're like, man, that was one of the greatest adventures ever because we wouldn't have done that. That's not something we would have done for ourselves. And our family was able to just be blessed. We were able to spend some family time together, you know. But what if I wasn't obedient to God? This family wouldn't have been able to do that and, and be able to spend time together, you know. So we have to listen to God. We have to be able to sow and when he tells us to do something, no matter how crazy it sounds, just say, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. You know, I'm going to go ahead and give this person. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, sow into their life and give it. And God will give it back to you. You know, God's done that with me with clothes. You know, I, I sew my kids' clothes. I would always, you know, when, um, when my kids were younger, like, it was it was a rough life when my kids were younger. They kept growing, you know. The second I felt like I got them clothes that fit, they outgrew them. They didn't fit anymore. I'm like, oh, here we go again. I gotta buy them some more clothes. I gotta do something else, you know. And so I would recycle and I would I would give their clothes and give their clothes to people that I knew would need them, people that I knew, you know. And you know what? God always took care of them. My kids never went without clothes. They never went, and they were nice clothes. Like they were they were good looking clothes, you know. So the Bible says to give, and it will be given back to you. You know, so always remember that. Remember that when God tells you to do something, and we're not doing it just because we want something back from God necessarily all the time. You know, it's, it's a habit. It's the way the body of Christ should work to take care of people. To That's why our faith confession says, you know, that we give so that we can have enough money to take good care of our family, to take good care of our, our house here, to take good care of our church members, to be able to sow to others that don't have it because what an awesome way to show the love of Jesus by being able to do something for them that people in the world wouldn't do, right? Who who would ever, you know, just pop up and be like, hey, you're on my heart today. We're going to go out to lunch. You know, like that doesn't happen very often. But to be able to sew into a family or have somebody in need who who is like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I can't pay my, my light bill today. My kids are going to be without, you know, what do I do? What do I do? And so you're able to because God's taking care of you you're able just to sow into that family and say, here, let me help you out. You know, you're able to sow into missions. You're able to sow into all these other things. And God will give it back to you. That's his promise. Okay? With that being said, let's go ahead and say our financial faith confession. Oh, and if you need an envelope, raise your hand. I always forget that part. I'm sorry. Okay. Here we go. As we bring the Lord's tithes and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
ago I had a lung issue. It was completely collapsed and it had a bunch of fluid on it and it had been like that for a year. And went in, they drained it, went in, they drained it, went in, they drained it, and it just kept coming back. And it was okay, like I had learned to live with it. Well, when they went in and reinflated it and they made it work, breathing got a little harder. Sounds weird, right? I was sitting there crying because I thought, God, I can't sing. I struggle to talk like this. I struggle to move like this. And literally this song came on. And I've heard this song over and over and over again. But there's a time where God wants to reveal things to you, right? Where he really knows you're going to get it in your spirit. And the song came on. It's his breath. And in that moment, it was, I don't have to worry. I don't have to stress. God, you're breathing in me, right? You've already done that. That was done from the beginning. But it carried over into so many different areas. God, you're here. You give the life. You give the love. You give the peace. All we have to do is accept it. All we have to do is not fight it. All we have to do is literally put our hands up in the air and go, Abba, Father, pick me up. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I can't breathe. Whatever the situation is, he's already taking care of it. Yeah. 
your breath in my lungs. I like singing that. I like switching it up once in a while, say it's your breath in our lungs, but I like personalizing the song sometimes and saying, "Is God, it's your breath in my lungs, and I give you praise. We say who God is. It's an, once again, it's an honor to be up here um, speaking. Pastor Dave asked me about a week and a half ago. If I'd be willing to come up and preach, and I would say yes, of course, because I love doing that. And as Pastor Dave spoke last week, I'm trying to find my lane, get where I'm going, just moving forward in Christ. Um, and I thank God for that opportunity. We can go ahead and turn me down just a little bit, maybe. Is it pretty loud out there? It's, it's okay. All right. I get the okay signal, Raymond. Thank you. Before I open up in prayer, I got a little story to give you. It'll make sense once, once I get moving on. As my wife and I were driving up and the kids were driving up to Cedar City for her race this past weekend, somehow in a conversation, my wife said virgin for somehow. Some, I don't know what the conversation was about. She said virgin. And my little girl heard that. And she goes, what does that mean? She, wife looks at me and I look at her. I go, well, when I used to go skiing, because I didn't want to go there. When I went skiing, fresh powder, we would call it virgin snow. It was clean, untouched, and pure. That's basically what it is. Clean, untouched, and pure. Because I wasn't ready to cross that bridge with that type of conversation of what, and later in life. So, um, it's my little girl. She don't need to know anything about the other side of that. And I'm thinking, yes, tonight we're talking about the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. And yes, virgin will come up in this conversation in a awesome fashion. I do want to say, you know, another thing of virgin is that extra oil that we have, extra virgin olive oil that we might have. So it nails it as a clean, pure, purified, that's how we call it a virgin. Okay? It makes it... uh, understandable when I get into 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2 and 3. But Go ahead and turn there, but I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer. Dear Father in heaven, 
I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and I want to thank you and I praise you, Lord, Father, for this word that's going to come forward. I pray, Lord, that it's not my words that are being spoken, but it's your words, and I'm able to speak accurately, clearly, and precisely as to what you would like the congregation to hear and to grow by, Father. I love you, and I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Corinthians 11, 2 and 3. I'm going to go right over there. Hang out with Paul for a second. As soon as I can find it. Is that where I want to go? Yes. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Paul is saying this to the Corinthians that he's jealous for his their excitement for Christ and Paul is presenting the church and that he taught and he preached to and he caused to mature and grow and wash them in the watering of the word we'll get to the watering of the word and the cleansing in just a second but we need to remember that he wants to present us as a chaste virgin. We've been untouched. Now, how is that even possible in this life? You know, with God, all things are possible. And with God, nothing is impossible. Just like we can hear about a virgin birth. We can hear about a donkey talking. We can hear about a bush burning. We're talking about being presented to the Lord as a virgin. So there's something awesome and powerful in that word John 15, 3 says, Jesus cleansed us because of the word spoken to us. So how we become clean is by the spoken word. And also, in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, go ahead and go there. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. Amen. Let's hear about that. And I didn't put that marker in here, so I get to find it just like all you guys. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. I'm going to start at 24. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands. Not necessarily want to go there. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also love the church. Women ought to love that. And he gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. It's the word of God that gets implanted into our hearts that causes us to be pure and clean. By washing us with the water of the word, it cleanses us and makes us that extra pure virgin oil. Now, it's also how we receive that word. If we um, look at that word and just say, you know what, I don't want to go like that. I don't really want to believe that and apply that to my life. Uh, but I really want to take and work that word into my life and let it become, I want to become with become one with God. And I want to get washed with the watering of the word. And we're also in... First John 1 John 1-7, it's the blood of Jesus 
that has cleansed us from all sin. So we're first starting out with, first we've got to get born again, accepting Jesus Christ in our heart, receiving him as Lord and Savior, realizing that God raised him from the dead, we become born again. That's the first step of becoming cleansed and be, be, being presented as that pure virgin before the Lord. We're going to get further down into scripture here on how we are the bride of Christ. We are simply the bride of Christ and how we should act as the bride of Christ, how we should live our lives as a chaste virgin, as clean by the washing of the water of the word, by his blood that was shed for our sins, how we are to pretty much present ourselves, our bodies, as living sacrifices to the Lord. The second point I really do want to make is a bride remains faithful. First, I'm just going to say a bride remains faithful. Let's go to Exodus 20, 3, and 6. Exodus 20, we're going back into the Old Testament, which is still relevant today. The laws are relevant, but we don't have to live by the law. We are no longer under the curse of the law. We have been free. But there's still really good reading back there. Amen. If we go and look at it and Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, we can live by these words that are everlasting and changing. Now we're going into the Ten Commandments here. Exodus 20, verse 3 through 6. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations and to those who hate me, but showing mercy to a thousand to those who love me and keep my commandments. I really want to focus on the fact that that God is a jealous God. And then we go, oh, jealous God, like a mean sort of way. No, he desires us not to go out and cheat on him with other gods, with something out of carved image, a carved image. He doesn't want us to waste our time or spend time on something that is unfruitful, that is no benefit to the kingdom of God, that is going to say, God, I am going to put this before you, and I am going to serve this. God desires our hearts to be pure towards him. So as we, every day, we read the word, we, how can that apply to me? And we look at ourselves, look at our lives. What are, are we applying anything to our lives that could possibly put before God? And is that making God jealous because we are putting it before him. God allows us to have things and to do things, but if we are putting those items before him, yeah, there's a problem there. I have a problem doing that. God has a problem with us doing that. So when we put God first, 
he will open up every door that we can possibly imagine so that we can glorify him and give him praise and give him glory. Like I said, a bride remains faithful to her husband. And Jesus is considered our husband. He is patiently awaiting us, his church, the bride of Christ, to show up. And in this preparation time for us, we can go over to the ten virgins that they're waiting for their bride, waiting for the bridegroom. Four were ready, five were ready, the ten were not. The ten were wasting, the five were wasting their time, and the other five were ready. And the bridegroom came in a moment they did not know of, but yet they were ready. They are prepared. So one of these days, the Lord is going to call us up to heaven. And he's with a trumpet of a sound. And then we are going to be presented to him. And we're going to sit down to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it is done. It is finished. A bride is also willing to serve. Point number three. As a spouse, we should be wanting to do things for each other. Should be wanting to do things for my wife. My wife wanted to do things for me. A bride, this can go both ways. Okay, when we're the bride of Christ, we're male and female, his bride. However, in the same context, we as a bride or a husband would be willing to serve and do things for our spouse. Why? Because we love them. And why? Because we want to please them. And why? Because we want to just be with them and just show them our love. So in in that context... How much more should we do that with the Lord? How much more should we be willing to serve God? In Matthew 4.10, Satan was tempting Jesus. And he said, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Matthew 6.24, no one can serve two masters. Either he will love the one or hate the other, or he will hate the one and love the other. Sometimes in our life, if we're looking at our life and evaluating it through God's word, are we spending way too much time on something that is in eternity is going to be irrelevant, that it is going to, that is pulling us away from the call of God in our life? Are we spending too much time watching TV? Are we idolizing a football team, a basketball team? Um, bike riding, anything. Are we idolizing those? Is that before God? Are we idolizing money? Are we putting, are we making that our God to where we are serving? Yes, we have to work. Yes, we have to be with our families. And yes, we have to take care of our wives and our children. But that is not worshiping them. That is being a good steward of what God has given us with, given us, what God has blessed us with. Amen? That's what God has blessed us with. So when we are serving the Lord and we are willing to serve the Lord with our whole heart, our whole mind, our whole strength, our whole soul, whole strength, with everything within us, God is, he's well pleased with that. One of these days, we're going to pass from this life to the next. I was able to do a funeral yesterday for somebody 
And it brought to reality, I mean, again, it's always in reality, that someday we are going to pass. We're going to take off this earth suit and we're going to put on a heavenly suit. We're going to go from corruptible to an incorruptible. We are going to see the Lord and all the questions that we have that we may think are important right now will just be done because we're in the presence of the Lord. So when we're willing to serve the Lord, we want to hear when that moment comes, when we transition from this life to the next, well done, faithful servant. Well done. You did what you're supposed to do. You did what I've ordained you, what I've called you to do. You didn't waste your talents in the world. You didn't waste your abilities on something else, but you glorified me with them. When I'm saying this, I'm thinking of those, a lot of musicians and singers who may have grown, a lot of them did, grow up in church where they're singing on the praise and worship team. They're glorifying God, praising God. They grow up, mature. They find out, hey, there's no money in this. Let's go to the world. Let's go over here and sing. They're taking that talent that God gave them and serving the devil with it and not glorifying God with that ability and talent. And I've seen that knowing some backstories of other singers and talented individuals, they would chase after that God, after that money, that status, the notoriety. Because sometimes it's tough getting up there and playing and serving the Lord. Sometimes it, it's a struggle because it just is. Just it's, we're, we're busy. We got things in life going on. But you know what? We know that we want to hear this group of people that is in this congregation tonight knows who Jesus Christ is. And if you don't, we're going to have an opportunity to accept him as Lord. But you are willing to serve God, willing to take the time out of your life to give to him because he gave us everything. Without him, we would have nothing. We can look back at our life and go... Oh, I was there, but thank you, God, you delivered me. God, that hurt so bad, but you comforted me. God, I was crying and I was sorrowful, and you gave me strength. And thank you for that Holy Spirit. We can look back, and we don't forget. Pastor Dave did a message, I believe it, is to remember not to forget. Or forget to remember. I don't know. It was a good message either way, but it's... Don't forget not to re- remember not to forget. There we go. Yeah, got it. There we go. There it is. Good, very good message. So when we look back as Christians, as the bride of Christ, chaste virgins that is going to be presented before the Lord, we consider what we're doing and how we're doing it. Is my mouth glorifying God? Are my eyes glorifying God? Is my heart glorifying God? Are my hands doing what God's called me to do so that I may serve Him to benefit Him and His kingdom? Seek the first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness and He will add all these things to us. He will give us the desires of our heart. When our desires become God's desires, you're darn well better believe He's going to give us the desires of our heart because our heart has changed. It has matured. It has grown up. It wants to serve God. And if 
there's some emptiness in you and you feel like, man, I'm not maturing. I'm just, I'm just stuck in the same old rut. I would suggest getting hold of the Ministry of Helps administrator and sign up for some teaching class. Sign up to serve in the church because when you're serving in the body of Christ, there is a sacrifice that happens on our side. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes you just don't want to go. Sometimes the kids just, ah! But you know what? By serving Christ, by serving those kids, by serving each other, we are serving Jesus. Ain't that right? Amen? It's serving each other is serving Jesus himself. So a good bride wants to serve her master. And a good bride wants to remain faithful to her husband. I'm going to stick right there, and I was going to say a little disclaimer. I was going to read the prophet Hosea in this tonight, but I decided not to. So you can read Hosea on your own on a on a woman who kind of just did her own thing. But God was using that as a an example to Israel who was abandoning Christ, who was abandoning God. So we just want to work on our love walk, our relationship with the Lord every single day. And if you feel like being stagnant, sign up to serve. Be willing to serve. Step into a position of submission. There we go. Stepping in a position of submission in someone that is an authority over you and willing to learn from them because I believe in these last days God's going to pour out His Spirit in a manner that we haven't seen yet. And I believe from the bottom of my heart that we need workers to help serve in the children's church. Cleaning the floors, cleaning the toilets, cleaning every area. Pastors should not have to do anything like that. They are fully, completely responsible to bringing the word to us to present you as a chaste virgin to the Lord. They are responsible for this congregation. And it is our responsibility to serve our pastors as we're serving Christ. We're not an island amongst ourselves to do our own thing if you want to serve the Lord, if you want to enter in his presence when we pass from this life to the next, for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You just want to serve. It's got, it's in you. It's like, ah, I got to do something. My wife gets kind of upset at me sometimes because I just want to serve. Ah, and she's like, grab those reins. Down, boy. Slow down. I go, ah. I just love God. I got to go to work because I have to work. Got to make money, pay bills. I mean, me personally, it's not a family thing. I would be happy setting my trailer over there on the part uh, where the old trailer used to be. Praise God, it's gone. Good job, everybody who worked on it. It's only been in process for a while, but it happened. I could sit over there and just come over here and praise God and just serve. But I'm also learning in this time of transition how to serve my wife. How to serve my children. And to be a minister, this fly, Beelzebub is messing with me right now. Anyway, in the name of Jesus, be gone out of my face. 
Um, I want to serve the Lord. I'm learning to serve in this fly. You know what? I'm going to praise God, and I'm going to serve Him, and I'm going to preach, and I'm going to teach, and I'm going to move on to subject number four. You know, I did have four points. I breezed over the first one. I'm going into number four because Pastor Dave is teaching me a lot. He's very efficient at his notes, at his points, and he sticks with it until he doesn't. So... Praise God, I am learning. I am finding who I am in Christ. I am looking for my lane because I am trying to figure, God, what, what exactly do you want me to do? I mean, I don't, am I supposed to work at Century Weld and Exhaust my whole life? Am I supposed to just play bass my whole life? What do you really want me to do? What are you preparing me for? What are you preparing my wife for? What are you preparing us for as a family? And each one of you should be asking God that. If you don't know, your best bet is to get into a position to serve in a certain area. You'll grow and you'll mature. And if you're able to get involved with lift groups... In other groups, you'll grow and mature in Christ. Point number four. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. That is long, and I don't necessarily have to read it all. We want to spend time with Jesus. We want to spend time with our spouse. We want to spend time with whom we love. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. And this is the last scriptures that I'm going to go to. And this is talking about the ten virgins. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and the five were foolish. We'll stop there for a second. And we take pause and take a moment in our life to evaluate, Lord, am I being wise with my time? You ought to remember, these are virgins. These are pure. These are chaste virgins. These are ones that have been purified and cleansed. They're clean. All ten of them. We can say that they are born again. We can say that they have accepted Christ into their life. Now five of them were wise and the five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. 
the bride, the virgins were waiting patiently. They desired to be with the bridegroom. As I read this, I go, man, there's a whole other story, backside of the story on talking about the bridegroom. But I'm going to stick with the bride tonight because we are Jesus' bride. We are the bride of Christ. And he is awaiting for He's waiting for us. Number Verse 11. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, As surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. I want to point out, yes, they were all virgins. Yes, they were all chaste. And yes, they were all waiting for the Lord. But some were wise, some were not, some were lazy, and the other ones were not. They were preparing for the glorious return, anxiously waiting for the bridegroom to show up. They had everything ready to go. The other five were unwise. They weren't prepared. They were doing their own thing. They were busy about their own thing and not paying attention to the signs of the times. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. At any moment, our breath can be snuffed away from our lungs, and we transition from this life to the next. And at that transition time, do we want to say, do we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Or we want to hear that. I mean, it is my desire to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've done what I've called you to do. You didn't waste your talents, your abilities. You, you didn't serve other gods. Even though you did, and once in a while you got off track, but you came back. We do have the potential to go to the left or go to the right, but because of our loving, long-suffering Father who loves us so much, He's willing to nurture us back and cleansing us by the washing of the water of the word and by his blood we've been cleansed. You've got to remember we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. He gave us the power to overcome. Amen. I would. That's just some brief stuff on us as the bride of Christ. Could have gone deeper, but you know what? I praise God that I was there where I was and I am here to to serve you guys I want to be a part of your lives I want to serve the pastors I want to serve my community I want to serve my wife and I want to serve my kids sometimes I'm just so stretched in so many different areas and like you some of you guys are too we're like I can't do all of this but we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength and we can put things in priority so remember to prioritize our lives to remember not to forget and that we are the bride of Christ and we're being prepared for his glorious return. Amen? I'm done. I can keep on going, but I'm going to praise God and end in prayer. Uh, go ahead and stand up. This message was not really a message of salvation, but of cleansing of our lives to be prepared for the bride. But if there is anyone in here, the first thing an individual needs to do is accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
Um, prayer team, can we come on up, please? Please, rem- if you have not accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, come up to a prayer team member. Come up to me, and I will pray with you, and we can lead you in a prayer of salvation. If there's any other need that you may have, you need prayer for healing, family member, any type of prayer, I am here, I am willing, and it looks like I'm the prayer team. We have a servant over here, servant over there. We've got catchers and coverers. Praise God. So let's go ahead and just go ahead and start some music there. So I do want to say this is an opportunity and a time. Thank you, Miss Julie. If you have any need, anything that we can agree with you with, come on up. We're just going to let them play for a second and just praise the Lord. Just be peaceful, be calm, and evaluate your life and ask the Lord, how can I better serve you? Where in my life can I adjust my time to where I have time with you? Spending too much time on the phone, too much time on TV, or whatever. Just make these little adjustments. We have awesome pastors here that are continue working with you. Anybody want to come up for any kind of prayer? We'll just let them go for a second. And just, if you don't need prayer, just pray where you're at. We'll give a few minutes. Let someone come up if they want to, if they choose to.
is awesome to see you guys praying faithfully while people are being ministered. Not only are you praising God through being courteous for those that are getting prayed for, and that is something that um, pastors have been speaking on. Let's, let's be courteous. Let's be kind. Let's be thoughtful of those that have a need and that are willing to come up. So you guys are awesome. Praise God. I want to end, close in prayer. And then we'll do the Barstow Faith Confession. Dear Father, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for the word that I was able to speak tonight, Lord. It wasn't my word, but it was your word. And I pray that signs and wonders and miracles will follow your word, Father, with changed hearts and minds to those that heard the word. Lord, I know sometimes I may have started a little bit and went off course, but it was still your word. Let that word penetrate deep into the hearts, Lord, that we all go home challenged by what was heard and what you said to us, Father. Help us to be that virgin that you are longing for, Lord Jesus, that you are cleansing and preparing us for, for that marriage supper of the Lamb. We long for that. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's praise God. Amen. We're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession as soon as they put it up on the screen because tongue goes dry and we just forget it. Ready? We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our children are blessed. Healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. And yes, I said our children. That's what his church is. Glasses didn't have them on. Great job.